Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for February 23rd, 2022. Before I get into the word, let me just tell you right up front that this weekend is my anniversary weekend. You know, my anniversary. I, listen, I love celebrating a godly marriage. I thank God for Isabella outside of Jesus. Like Jesus is number one, Isabella's number two. Greatest blessing in my life is my wife. And so we're going to celebrate our, our, our marriage uh, this weekend and we're heading away. So tomorrow morning we're taking off. We're going to take the weekend off and, and I'm excited about it. So this is the last message that you're going to get till Monday. Uh, so I have lots of messages online uh, so you can check those out, but I do need this. I, you know, And listen, for those of you that are married, you should celebrate your spouse and celebrate your marriage. A godly marriage is something to be appreciated. It's a tremendous blessing. So now that said, now I'm now I feel like preaching because I was talking about Isabella. I got to get into the word for this morning. I want you to now open up your heart to receive because we're going to cover a lot today because I'm going to be gone. It was like, oh, I got so much to share with you. So open up your heart and get ready to receive the word. So here we go. We're going to get into the word now. All year long, I told you that we're going to be teaching messages around intentional progress. I believe this is a year of progress for us, but we want to be intentional about the pursuit of that progress. So I'm going to walk you through a bunch of these steps right now. We're still in step number one, uh, but we'll get through some of these uh, and it's going to take months and, and I take my time. So that's okay. There's no, there's no hurry here. Uh, but one of the things that I love is that as we've been learning life lessons from the life of Jesus, and this is part 33 of that, uh, we're, we're maybe, I don't know, five, six weeks away from Easter Sunday morning. So um, I'm teaching right now. We got to John 18. I was going to stop there, but that's really where, where things shift for Jesus. And in John chapter 18, after we studied John chapter 17, John chapter 18 is where really things are now going down the road to the resurrection. And so I'm led to go down that road with you. Let's talk about it as we prepare for Easter Sunday morning. And so this is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, Part 33, and The Road to the Resurrection, Part 4. So let's get into it. Um, let me pick up the story where I left off yesterday in John chapter 18. We're going to start at, at, at verse 18. I'm actually going to cover a lot this morning. I'm going to cover verses 18 through 29. So let me tell you the story, and then we'll seek to glean some things from it. You ready? John chapter 18, beginning at verse 18 dropping down to verse 29. Let me just tell you what happened. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to tell you. Remember yesterday, uh, Peter denied Christ to a little girl. <laughs> I still I still laugh about that. But anyway, afterward, after that happened, Peter stood outside uh, with the servants and with the police. And Annas, remember Annas, the high priest who had been deposed, he interrogated Jesus. He interrogated Jesus for hours. And and one of, you know while he's asking Jesus questions, one of the things that Jesus said is like, listen, I don't know what you want from me. Like I've spoken openly in public. I haven't been decept deceptive in any way. I taught regularly in the meeting places and in the temple where all the Jews come together. Everything has been out in the open. I said nothing in secret. So why are you treating me like a conspirator? Question all of those who have been listening to me. They know well what I've said. 
my teachings have all been above board. Now, Jesus is, you know, he's, he's responding to the high priest who have been deposed, by the way. But anyway, he's speaking to Annas. He's straightforward. And while his answer is somewhat like strong, like intense, it's still, I don't think it was disrespectful. But while he said that to the high priest, one of the police officers that was standing there, and this is hard for me to even say, one of the police officers that was standing there slapped Jesus in the face. Now, I'm from Brooklyn, man. Oh, my God. That is one of the most disrespectful things that you could do to somebody. This police officer, unnamed, slapped Jesus in the face. He slapped the king of glory in the face. Just me saying that, just it, it, it makes me cringe just thinking about it. When we think of Jesus, you know what we think of? We think of the water walking Jesus. We think of the miraculous Jesus. We think of the God man who stopped the funeral procession and sees this lady who had lost her husband and had just lost her son, stopped the funeral procession and pulled that boy out the casket and brought him back to life. We think of the the, the multiplying, the fishes and loaves Jesus who looks at a crowd who had 5,000 men, not counting women and children. He saw that they were hungry and he took a little boy's lunch, a, a, a two-piece fish dinner, and he multiplied it and fed the whole crowd until they, they were full and there was 12 baskets uh, uh, you know, left over. We think of the water-walking Jesus who, who has sent the disciples out uh, to, into the into the water. And he says, y'all get into the boat and I'll catch up with you later. And in the fourth watch of the night, which is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., Jesus came walking on water and they thought he was Casper the ghost. You know what I'm saying? He was walking on water. He invited Peter to come out on the water and Peter walked on water with him. We think of the, uh, the Lazarus Jesus, where Jesus said, Loose that man, you know, Lazarus, come forth. And, and boom, Lazarus came up out of the grave, even though his body uh, was already stinking, even though rigor mortis had been setting in. But, but what we don't think of is this Jesus who loved us so much that he endured things like this. We don't think of the Jesus who was whipped 39 times with a cat of nine tails. We don't think of the Jesus who we will see later, they put a hood over his head and they would slap him and say, hey, if you're a prophet, prophesy who slapped you. And Jesus could have had them all killed and he didn't do it. We, we, we don't think of this Jesus. We don't think of this Jesus who was so beaten. that The text says that he was beaten to the point where he was unrecognizable. We don't think of that Jesus. We don't think of the Jesus who's speaking to Annas, the high priest, and somebody slapped him in the face and he's the king of glory. And he let it happen. He let it go. This is the pain that Jesus endured on the road to the resurrection, man. Oh my God. After he was slapped, Jesus said, if I've done something wrong, then prove it. But if not, why are you beating me? And of course, the police officer didn't say anything. And so Annas, the high priest, was like, well, I'm done with him. He sends him off to his son-in-law, Caiaphas. And Caiaphas, by the time they get to Caiaphas's house, it's now very late, you know, in the, in the midnight hour, and they get to Caiaphas's house for another round of questioning. And Caiaphas started his interrogation. And, and this interrogation, the Bible says, lasted until the early hours of the morning. And so he's interrogating Jesus for hours. And after hours of futile questioning, I mean, like, this is going nowhere. At the end of it, the, the Jewish leaders wanted Jesus dead. But the problem was that the Jewish religious elite, they were not in power. Remember, the Jews were under the 
power or the captivity of the Romans. And so if Annas and King Iphis had Jesus killed, then it would be considered murder. So they needed to go to the Roman governor. They needed to get authority from the Romans to have Jesus killed. So these jokers were so bold that here it is early in the morning, they decide to go to Pilate's house and they go to Pilate's house and they wake up the governor. I mean, like how bold are these people? So they take Jesus over after hours of questioning and, and he's the only innocent man to ever live. And so they, they, they bring him on some trumped up charges without any eyewitnesses, without ever really doing anything wrong. And they bring him over to Pilate's house and they, they're there and they say, excuse me, they knock on the door and watch this. The priest wouldn't even go in the house. I mean, like they, they was like, well, we're high priests. We can't go in there. That would make us ceremonially unclean to be in the house of a Roman. And then we would have to go back and wash and cleanse and all that. We ain't doing all that. So they stand out and they bold enough to tell Pilate, hey, can Pilate come out here? And so Pilate, uh, uh, so the Bible says, watch this, um, as luck would have it, the Bible doesn't say that, but anyway, one of the translations says that, but it's not luck. And when I say as luck would have it, I mean Satan. As Satan would have it, Pilate actually woke up and came outside. He came outside early in the morning to meet with two Jewish high priests and an innocent prisoner. And that's where we'll stop today. We're going to pick it up from there on Monday. But what does this mean for you today? Because I covered it a lot there. There's six things I want to share with you about the life of Jesus. And this is important, by the way. This is a time of the year as we're getting ready for Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday morning. You should remind yourself of what Jesus did. You should remind, you should never cease to give God praise for Jesus. You should never cease to give God praise. I don't care how long you've been saved, how long you've been walking with God. I mean, you should never cease to give God praise for what Jesus did for you. Say amen to that. All right, here we go. Six things. Number one, here we go. Life in Christ is not always easy. I would love to tell you that once you're born again, that things are going to get easy, but that's just not the truth. Life in Christ, when you're walking with God, it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be full of like water walking and crowd feeling, feeding and healing the sick and raising the dead. You know, sometimes walking with God means that you have to face unpleasant people and you have to face them with divine resolve. I mean, for Jesus to be slapped in the face and not call down a legion of demons. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God, for Jesus to be slapped in the face and not have them all killed, I mean, that was divine resolve. Sometimes you're going to deal with unpleasant people. And sometimes the only thing the Holy Ghost will tell you to do is nothing. I mean, like you really want to go off. Like, you know, you want to, mm, you feel like you just got on my last nerve. Like you really want to, mm, 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 mm. Like you want to, you want to tell these people off and the Holy Ghost will be like, mm, don't say nothing. Sometimes you're dealing with unpleasant people and the Lord won't let you say nothing. The Lord would just tell you. Matter of fact, sometimes like Jesus, the Lord won't even allow you to defend yourself. The Lord will say, no, I'm your defense. And you have to stand there and trust God and, and say, God, you know, you're a God of justice and recompense. You want to call down fire from heaven. You want to be like, kill them all, Jesus. But, <laughs> but you're like, no, you have to hold on to what the Holy Ghost is saying to you, like Jesus did in the, in the text. Sometimes you're in the center of God's will, like Jesus was in the text, and life will come and slap you in the face. I know you've been there. You feel like, what just happened? 
You, you look at your spouse, you're like, babe, what? 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 I, what? I can't believe this just happened to us. Sometimes like you feel like you got a, a gut punch, but at the end of the day, you got to rest in God, seek God's face, and God will see you through it. Number two, you can actually find pleasure in the pain. Now, now there's nobody, nobody, you can look it up, uh, but at the end of the day, you can't find anybody that God used in a very significant way. You can't find one person that God used to change the world that did not also have to endure significant pain. Anybody that was used of God in a mighty way had to overcome a significant level of pain. There is pain associated with your purpose. God never promised you a pain-free life. God never promised you a perpetual picnic. There is pain associated with your divine assignment. But just as long as you know that if you're suffering, you're suffering for, for the cause of Christ then there could be pleasure in the pain. As long as you know that you're not just reaping. See, there's a difference. Let me let me be clear about this. There's a difference between, hey, I'm going through something. I'm suffering for the cause of Christ. I'm suffering because of my divine assignment. I have the grace to overcome it. Okay, I'm going to overcome it, and it's going to be a great testimony. There's a difference between that and reaping what you've sown. Now, when you make a bad decision, if you, make, if you sow bad seed, you're going to get a bad harvest. And when you sow bad seed and you get a bad harvest, please don't tell people you're suffering for Jesus. You know, you're not suffering for Jesus. You're suffering for stupidity. There's a difference between suffering for your assignment and suffering because of the bad decisions you've made. Now, what I'm talking about is, is suffering for Jesus. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10, after Paul had this tremendous assignment, after Paul, this is a man who wrote half the New Testament, who went on four missionary journeys. He was attacked in a tremendous way. He said, therefore, watch this. I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and in hardships and persecutions in troubles, in the troubles that I suffer for Christ, for Christ's sake. But it has to be because of Christ, because at that point, when I'm weak, I know I'm being made strong. Remember, vision gives pain a purpose. When you are walking with God and you know your divine assignment and you know that you are actually suffering for the cause of Christ, that these people are coming up against you because the attack is against the assignment, then God will give you the grace to endure and to overcome anything. Say amen to that. Number three, you have the grace to keep going. I want you to know that you have the grace to keep going. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, and we, we studied this whole passage last year at the end of the year, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We did it for like three months. The Bible says, though we experience every kind of pressure, guess what? We're not crushed. At times, we don't even know what to do, but we know this, quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but we're not knocked out. So we are continually sharing in the death of Jesus, but this is so that the life of Jesus can be manifested in our own bodies. So I keep thinking about how Jesus was slapped in the face. This is one of what, like I said, one of the worst things you could do to somebody. So, so let me ask you about you right now. I don't know what you're facing this morning, but maybe you're facing a challenge. Maybe you feel like life has slapped you in the face. Maybe you feel like the pressure is on you. Maybe you feel like trouble on every side. You know, and so you're like, oh my God, go back and read Second Corinthians chapter four, read it from the Passion Translation. If you feel like that's it, if you feel like the pressure's on you, then I have to encourage you this morning. 
Jesus endured, he made it, and so will you. Paul endured, he made it, and so will you. You know why? Because you have the grace for it. The grace of God is on you to endure and overcome whatever you have to endure and overcome on the road to your purpose, on the path to your destiny. So the Holy Spirit will give you the power to take it and overcome it because there's no quit in you. Say that. Say there's no quit in me. Amen. Praise God. Put that in the chat. There's no quit in me. All right. Number four, Satan will do all he can to stop you, but he can't. But anyway, he's going to try Satan will do all he can to stop you. The reason why Jesus was attacked on that level is because Jesus had a great assignment. The greater the assignment, the greater the attack. So I can say the same thing about you. I don't know about you, but I need you, I need you to look into this camera real quick so I can speak to you, uh, or look into your screen anyway. I want to tell you something. You are powerful. You are anointed. You are called for such a time as this. You were born into this generation, no other generation. You are a grace for your divine assignment. You have been implanted where you are within your sphere of influence. You are prepared for everything that you're facing right now. Your, your education and your experience have prepared you, but there's a level of grace that's on you to endure and to overcome. You are God's anointed. You are God's child. I'm telling you, I want to build you up this morning. You can take it. You are powerful. And the reason why Satan is attacking you is because he only attacks those worth attacking. He, the attack is against the assignment. The greater the assignment, the greater the attack. So if he's attacking you, don't get upset. You should see it as a badge of honor. Doggone it. This joker, it, ain't he mad? The devil mad. Oh, the devil's mad. Why? The devil trying to raise up his ugly head against me, against my children, against my spouse, against my marriage, against my business. But he can't stop me because the only way I can lose is if I quit and I'm not going to quit. And the reason why Satan is working overtime on you is because he knows that you are called to make a tremendous impact. The greater the impact that you're called to make, the greater the attack from the enemy. But guess what? The the God the grace of God is on you. You can there's no way. He's doing everything that he can to stop you, but he can't stop you, which leads me to number 5. The only way you can lose is if you quit. But I need you to say there's no quit in me. Say there's no quit in me. Put that in the chat. There's no quit in me. You got to keep going. The, the the grace of God is on you to keep going. Satan will go to great lengths to try to stop you. But here's the good news. The good news is he can't he could not stop Jesus and he cannot stop you. The only person with the power to stop you is you. Let me say that again. The only person with the power to stop you is you. So this is what Satan does. Satan knows he can't stop you because God is on you and in you and with you and for you. So he knows he can't stop you. So the only person who can stop you is you. So what Satan does is he tries to get you frustrated. He, he will send that one person that gets on your last nerve to keep coming. Right? He will have people to send you the wrong people to send you text messages and phone calls. He will do anything and everything that he can to get you frustrated. Because if he can get you frustrated, if he can get you to the point where you, you, you know, and you want to give up and cave in and quit, if you quit, then Satan didn't stop you. You stopped you. The only way you can lose is if you quit. So, since, watch this, let me say it another way. Since God is on you, in you, with you, and for you, God knows he can't stop. Uh, I mean, Satan knows he can't stop God, 
right? Because at that point, if God is on you and in you and with you and for you, and God is flowing through you, then stopping you would mean stopping God, but God cannot be stopped. So if God cannot be stopped, then God is in me. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. I cannot be stopped. So the only way I can lose is if I quit, but there's no quit in me. I refuse to quit. Jesus slapped in the face. He was like, I'm not going to quit. Jesus, you know, up, up, they put a, uh, something over his head, slapped him. Prophesy, I'm not going to quit. 39 lashes with the cat of nine tails. I'm not going to quit. Carry this cross. I'm not going to quit. Nail them to the cross. I'm not going to quit. He said, for the joy, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus was like, no, 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 no. My, my purpose is bigger than the pain. I'm looking down through the annals of time. Jesus looked down through thousands of years and he saw your face. Jesus looked down through thousands of years and he saw my face. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the pain of the cross. I'm saying you can endure the pain. Why? Because vision gives pain a purpose. You can endure the pain because you can see your purpose and your purpose and your blessing is waiting for you on the other side of the pain. And since you know that God has called you to do something great, yeah, then the attack is going to be great. But the devil can't stop you because stopping you will mean stopping God and God cannot be stopped. And so the only way you can lose is if you quit, but there's no quit in you. Say amen to that. Glory to God. I feel, I, I told you I was going to encourage you, inspire you today. All right, number six. And finally, last point, as I release you until Monday morning, if Satan knew any better, doggone it, he would leave you alone. The Bible says, the apostle Paul said, had the princes of this world known what they were doing, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Oh, glory to God. While, while Jesus was going, being drugged from mock trial to mock trial in the middle of the night, Satan was happy. When Jesus was being convicted, even though he was the only innocent man to ever live and he was convicted on trumped up charges, Satan was happy. When, when, when Jesus was being beaten and bruised and nailed to a cross, all the devil and demons were having a party. And, but, but, but watch this. When the first drop of blood hit the ground, it sealed their fate. When the first drop of blood hit the ground, it sealed Satan's fate forever. Satan was like, what just happened? He thought he was winning, but he was losing. And it's the same thing with you. If the devil knew any better, he would leave you alone. The more he messes with you, the stronger you get. The more, the more he attacks you, the more you rely on God's grace. The more you say, Lord, when I'm weak, then I'm made strong. The more he attacks you, the more you have to overcome, the more you overcome because you're an overcomer. And then the more you endure, the more you overcome, the more you experience. Now you don't been through too much. You don't seem through too, too much. You can not quit now. And you're like, heck no, I, I've been through this. And I, oh man, I remember, oh glory. I, I've been through this. Thank you, Jesus. I've been, come, 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 come. I've been through too much. Now, the more he attacks me, the stronger I get. And if the devil knew any better, he would just leave you alone. Why? Because you are just building up a whole series of testimonies that is going to fuel you and keep you going. You have divine altars in your life. You go back from time to time when you're facing something and you remember this. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you remember. Oh, glory to God. And you, you're remembering. You're looking back to look forward. You, you listen, you are built for it. You are built for this thing. The grace of God is on you just like it was on Jesus. Jesus is endured the pain of the cross and he did it for you. Why? Because he knew there was something. It was the joy that was set before him. You got to, let me tell you something. There's some joy that's set before you. God calls you to do something amazing. You got to, you know what that is. You go into your prayer closet, you can see it. That's the joy that is set before you. So when you come out of that and you go to meetings and Zoom calls and conversations and, and things are difficult and things are hard and people are talking about you and lying on you and conniving and all that stuff. Okay, got it. Just know that the attack is against the assignment. 
and their pain or their poison can't stop your purpose. So you just keep going. Pray for them. Keep going. The only way you can lose is if you quit. But you ain't going to quit because I'm not going to let you. Neither is the Holy Ghost. So I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Come on now. Say this. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me about the extraordinary life of Jesus. While Jesus was the only innocent man to ever walk the planet, he was accused, lied on, attacked, beaten, bruised, and killed, all in an attempt to stop him. But Satan's attacks backfired on him. Satan thought he was winning, (laughs) but he wound up losing forever. Jesus never gave up. He never caved in. He never quit. Jesus overcame every attack. As Jesus is, so am I in this world. You have given me an assignment. I will complete it before I die. Satan will attack me. But like Jesus, I have the grace to keep going. The more he attacks me, the stronger I get. I refuse to quit. So no matter how strong the opposition, no matter how ugly the attacks get, when I am weak, I am made strong by your amazing grace. I am your child. I am called. I am destined. And I am going forward. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. This is a message you might need to listen to again to get built up and edified and inspired and encouraged. If you want my notes, uh, go to todaysword.org. Click there, you get them for free. Click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing weekend. It's going to be a long weekend for me. Pray for me and my wife. I'm going to go celebrate my marriage. Listen, celebrate your spouse. Love one another. Be a blessing. And remember this, the only way you can lose is if you quit. So don't quit. There's no quit in you. I love you. God loves you too. Do me a favor. Please uh, leave me some comments in the chat if this message has been a blessing to you. And then right now, share this message on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I'll see you guys on Monday morning. God bless you.